So the new season of The Mandalorian is right around the corner, uh, for me at least. By the time maybe most people will be listening to this, it probably has already premiered. But what I want to kind of get into is I've done an entry already on The Book of Boba Fett and what my feelings were for that. Now, The Book of Boba Fett is directly connected to The Mandalorian, and for anybody who has watched it, they know that. So... The new season that comes out, I haven't done an entry for Mandalorian yet, probably at the end of this third season, I'll wind up doing that, because The Mandalorian is a tremendous show, and it's probably one of the biggest successes to come out of the Star Wars universes, for for me at least, simply because I like the idea of drifting away from the Skywalkers, because, you know, that's what everything is built off of. The The essential nine-part series, minus any of the other separate movies or TV shows, is all about the Skywalkers. It's all about that family. So when you have these little one-offs, sometimes they're hits, sometimes they're misses. Rogue One, absolute hit. Solo, not so much. I still haven't even seen the Solo movie. But I finally uh, gave this other one a chance, which is kind of connected to the Skywalker saga, but not really based on him. It's not really based on them. It's based on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that came out a while ago that follows the story of what happened after the events of episode three. So it's everything that's going on between episode three and episode four, A New Hope, which is where the Mandalorian kind of fits in and where the Book of Boba Fett fits in. So it's in it's within this same timeline and portion of the universe, but it's mainly following what happens with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, I'm pretty sure everybody has seen it by now because it's, you know, we're going on it being almost a year old. And if you're a true Star Wars fan, this was something that you were really looking forward to simply because Ewan McGregor plays a great Obi-Wan Kenobi and he hasn't really gotten a chance to sort of redeem himself And this was his time to kind of show that maybe whatever they did with the first trilogy that they, the most recent, not the most recent, the middle trilogy, you know, it's confusing. The first trilogy that is, that premiered in the middle of the nine part movie series, you know, anybody who's a Star Wars fan, they get what I'm saying. So episodes one, two, and three, we got introduced to young Obi-Wan as he brings up Anakin Skywalker and the Clone Wars and all that stuff that leads into the Darth Vader story. Then that's meant to lead directly into the New Hope and the original trilogy we all know and love. So when we're talking about Ewan McGregor coming back and playing Obi-Wan Kenobi for this portion of the story that nobody really knows and nobody has really been exposed to, it has to live up to the potential it could actually succeed in. And holy shit, it really does. It really does a great job at not only presenting the the battle that Obi-Wan is kind of fighting within himself because he feels like he fade Anakin. Which, by the way, Hayden Christensen makes a return as both Anakin in flashbacks and Darth Vader. And this is a huge redemption for him as well. Because I feel like Hayden Christensen caught a lot of flack for what he did in the trilogy. Now, granted... They were doing things different back then. They were really trying to do something else with that original trilogy. What? I don't know. But if they ever redid them, I wouldn't necessarily be upset about it. But I feel like Star Wars is kind of an area where you can't really touch that. Like, they'd rather just do more movies than redo movies that they've already done. Which is weird to me because I feel like that has a lot of potential to just redo the entire Skywalker saga. But that's just me. 
I know that those are still like legacy movies and they they will live on in infamy, especially for huge Star Wars fans. But that first trilogy does need a little redemption. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is that redemption for at least Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor. Now, when we're talking about the story that they're going into, it's strictly based on how Obi-Wan is in hiding, Darth Vader is looking to him, there are no more Jedis, or any Jedis that are left are all on the run because, you know, the, the, the Empire is coming after them and Darth Vader is leading the pack to kind of kill them all. But what he really wants is he wants Obi-Wan because he feels like I think that Obi-Wan is the last bit of humanity that Darth Vader has in him. And, of course, we're talking about Darth Vader still being voiced by James Earl Jones, except for the huge fight that everybody knows and loves now between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Now, this also goes back to my other point. Why not redo them? Because now we're talking about movies that have been done within the last 20 years that have the huge following, that have the technology, that have the special effects to make fights like what Darth Vader and Obi-Wan in this show do look fantastic. A lot of that stuff is really dumbed down from back in the day because they didn't have the special effects, so they made them sword fights. These are powerhouse fights now. Like, that fight between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan is fucking amazing, and it's because they're able to do that now. You couldn't really do that in the 70s when these films first came out. So when they started producing all the new shit from like 1999 and on, we're talking, it was a completely new world, a completely new way to kind of envision it. That's why like the Lord of the Rings is something that I don't feel ever needs to be touched because those are done at the level of what the special effects were at that time and they succeed in that. But Star Wars and Jedi fights... They're so big and they're so tremendous and everything we see in recent movies and recent video games and animated shows, everything is portraying what they're capable of doing so much better than they were in that first trilogy. And it's the only portion, and by first trilogy I mean the original trilogy from the 70s and the 80s, um, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, and The Empire Strikes Back. Because when they made those... It was not the same realm of filmmaking like we have now. So it keeps it kind of isolated when you look at that. When you look at this idea that these three movies, the most important three movies to any real Star Wars fan, that is completely separated from every other movie special effect wise. Like the last 20 to 25 years have given us a tremendous amount of Star Wars content that you know, people are split on. People are split. There might be some really big Solo fans out there that love the Solo movie. There might be some people that hate the Rogue One movie. Like, there's the the other series, um, Andor, that came out. I watched the first episode of that. I kind of wasn't fully into it, so I'm not certain how much further I'm going to go with that. Even though I like the idea of leading off from Skywalker and Jedis and things like that. I like that. But Andor doesn't grab me like The Mandalorian did, which as well is completely leading off of that because the Mandalorians at this point don't really know who the Jedi are. They're kind of in a separate portion of the universe, sort of, and they don't understand that. And even at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, when you have, you know, Luke Skywalker show up and it's just, you know, young CGI him, you're talking, taking this story and making it, like, so much bigger 
when you actually connect it to what's already out there. But still, you look at all of these things and you look at what they're doing with newer Star Wars things and even Star Wars things of 20 years ago. And you're talking these films, the original films are 50 years old, you know, 45, 50 years old. They don't live up to the same potential as these do. The only thing they do that's better than anything else is story. The first three are the best three stories ever. Like this, they're written so well and they made sure that that was the prominent feature because they didn't have the ability to do all the special effects like they probably wanted to do. So they made the stories great. Now there's a balancing act and Obi-Wan redeems what that balancing act was because they thought everybody wanted Jedis and fight scenes and huge wars and they really dumbed down on the possibility of good storytelling because this universe has a lot of great stories they have a lot of good outside of the realm stories another good example is the Ewok films I don't know how many people remember these but they made two completely separate Ewok films in the 80s they were supposed to be separate from the Star Wars realm nothing to do with Jedis nothing to do with Skywalkers it was just the Ewoks you know trying to sell fluffy little cuddly creatures so you have Ewoks, and you have these two movies, and those maybe have a mixed feed of what people think about them, but I thought they were great stories. You're talking the the first Ewok Adventures, and then you're talking Ewok Adventures, the battle for Endor, which has nothing to do with Andor. It's Endor, the actual planet, where um, I believe the Ewoks live, and it gets invaded by like these space pirates, and they have this family who's going to help them kind of push them out, and it's this huge battle between Ewoks and, and these space pirates and stuff like that. It's a really great film that has nothing to do with what we all knew Star Wars to be. And that wasn't successful back then because everybody wanted Jedis. Everybody wanted lightsabers and 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 that storyline. They wanted more of that. And you don't get that for another 20 years until Lucasfilms decide to do the first three trilogies, which introduces young Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then you have Obi-Wan Kenobi's teacher, played by Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, and then you have Jar Jar Binks, and I know I'm probably going to get some flack for even bringing him up because there's a huge, huge section of the Star Wars community that hates Jar Jar Binks. And I get it. I hate him too. But he's in there. We have to acknowledge him. And, you know, you have Padme and you have what's meant to lead into the rise of Anakin Skywalker and then his kind of the, the seduction of Anakin Skywalker and then the birth of Darth Vader and the twins. And now we have all the storylines that are happening between then and A New Hope. Now, let's just count down those those stories. You have this one, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have the two seasons of The Mandalorian. I'm not sure where Andor fits, but let's say Andor fits in this time frame as well. You've got the Book of Boba Fett. You've got Rogue One, because Rogue One fits right in there. I'm going to say Solo fits somewhere in there, too. Yeah, because this is right before... Actually, no, am I wrong? Holy shit, I'm wrong about my timeline. Because Luke would be saving the Mandalorian after episode 6. This doesn't take place. Obi-Wan doesn't take place in the same timeline of the Mandalorian. I'm wrong on that. I just figured that out just now. Well, I'm not going to restart everything. I'm just going to correct myself here while I'm talking. So Mandalorian doesn't take place at the same time as Obi-Wan. That's interesting. So Mandalorian is actually between the end of The Return of the Jedi... And the, the the eighth film, which was part of this, interesting. That definitely changes my perspective a little bit. Not too much, but just on where the Mandalorian could actually go now. 
That's very interesting. I'm right, right? Yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right. You're all witnessing me kind of come to this conclusion live right now, by the way, too. So maybe it's just this tangent I'm going on because I have these mixed feelings about the Star Wars universe. I'm not a diehard fan, which, as you can tell by me fucking up the timeline just now, I'm not a diehard Star Wars fan. I do love the Star Wars universe. I will watch things that are... are that exist within the Star Wars universe. But I'm not going to go out of my way for it. I don't go nuts whenever I go to Disneyland and I go to the Star Wars world. It's it's entertaining for me, and a lot of the times it's really great storytelling. And I think it's a lot of the more recent years I've been getting into Star Wars more, especially because, like, John Favreau has been playing a huge role in a lot of that. You know, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have most of this stuff. You know, you wouldn't have The Mandalorian if it wasn't for Jon Favreau. And then you wouldn't have people wanting to do more without the success of The Mandalorian. And Obi-Wan Kenobi falls right in line with that. I don't know how long this was even planned for. All I do know is that what they did with this show, in in comparison to uh, the other shows that are out there, it definitely lives up to the expectations of what you would have wanted. It's... It's a real nice kind of redemption song, and it's a really good, good story of just more in the Star Wars realm. Not even trying to make new stories, trying to use stories that already exist and talk about times in between times. And I think it goes back to Rogue One again, because Rogue One, to me, is the first really successful offshoot in between films kind of story, to me at least. And because of that success... Stories like this can exist, and they feel that it will be popular and succeed to the extent that they want for the Star Wars universe. Now, we also are talking about the huge conglomerate that is Disney, and a lot of the times people don't really think Disney cares about stories. They care about making money, and I'd have to agree with that in a lot of areas. But I don't know. Star Wars is interesting because there's always a cry for more Star Wars, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Like, you can feel however you want about the live-action remakes of all the movies they're doing. They just started releasing trailers for Peter Pan and The Little Mermaid, and everybody hated Beauty and the Beast, and everybody hated The Lion King. You know, there are areas where Disney is just being cash-hungry. But there are areas that people outcry for this content. And they give it to them. Whether or not it's good, you know, it's always up to interpretation. I'm pretty sure the most recent trilogy, um, uh, 7, 8, and 9, there's a lot of advocates for that film out there more than likely. I'm going to tell you, I'm not one of them. But I do advocate for the idea that at least they have some people they're giving the reins to that really care about these stories and really care about how these stories come across to the fan base and John Favreau is one of them, and whoever the writer was for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, um, I, I'm going to go out and say that he's also uh, one of them, or they're also one of them, it was a team of people, and I'm going to go ahead and say that I hope this doesn't get a sequel series. I hope there's no season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think this is the right little sweet spot that it gives you just enough, and any more than that is going to be a little bit overkill. What they can do is do maybe a second show where Obi-Wan Kenobi gets involved in something if they want to give Hayden Christensen even more kind of uh, uh, redemption in a way. 
But truthfully, I don't want a second season of this. I think this is perfect just how it is. I think it's the right amount of exactly what you needed for the story. And I don't know whether or not a second season of that is going to kill it or not. Just like I don't know if they're ever going to do another Book of Boba Fett. But I don't really care about that because that really wasn't as good for me. Like, we're talking seven episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Four of them focused more on The Mandalorian when you're talking about the Boba Fett show. Like, the new season that's coming out for Mandalorian... That's season four of The Mandalorian for me. And season three of The Mandalorian was actually the Book of Boba Fett. That's what I feel. But Obi-Wan Kenobi is its own world. And it deserves to be left alone as just a really good piece of storytelling. You know what I'd love? I'd love for them to release this as a full-length movie without all the cuts and everything. Because a lot of the episodes I feel like would fit. If this was a three-hour movie, I'd watch a three-hour movie. Shit, I sat through the Schneider Cut more than once. I'll sit through Obi-Wan Kenobi the movie if they cut it and made it like more of an extensive story where you don't have to go episodic like that. I think that'd be perfect. But, you know, that's just me.